Oh, that happens, is happening, it's happening now. That happens is a thing that happens right now because what just happened hasn't happened quite yet. That happens is the best podcast you'll get. Hi, I'm Jeff oh, B. Davis. Shit. I, did I just improvise the world's greatest podcast theme song? I think I did. Yeah. yeah. think I fucking did. Uh, it's not just Jeff B. Davis. More importantly, we have Spencer Anastasia Crittenden, uh, the game master extraordinaire. Uh, he's going to be talking about stuff. He's going to be mastering your games. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm good, and I'm glad you called out that I'm more important than you because at the end of the day, that's what counts it is our relative said. levels of importance. Um, I'm number one on the call sheet, as we all know. Kevin, who's our producer, he prints out the call sheets. So, Your parking space is closer to the Zoom than mine is. I have to walk farther to Zoom. You do. Yeah. Bullshit. But then again, it's merited. Mm -hmm. uh, you are so. the uh, Peabody award-winning uh, showrunner on Harmon Quest, if I'm not mistaken. And oh, yeah. Your, ser your series of children's books are, uh, are sweeping uh, Barnes & Noble's Jr., section <laughs> not just peabody but p brain award which i think is I, the the more prestigious prize you know i won the pulitzer award <laughs> what? Oh, oh, i had what? a lot of caf had a lot of caffeine this morning <laughs> what's pulitzer a pun on oh pulitzer okay i got that yeah, and, got that and, and poo yeah it, it, it works on a lot of levels spencer <laughs> just like coffee Spencer, uh, we have a new podcast. I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, I think I think what we're about to do is save the world uh, one, uh, one podcast episode at a time. Yeah, you know, I was thinking we, we save the world by freaking, here's a, here's a podcast premise. What if we're trying to go to the moon? That could be interesting. What if, we, what if we adopt that premise but then drop it after three episodes and never really return to it? <laughs> Well, I was just thinking that, you know, we could really dive in deep to it and we just, you know, we get we get a rocket builder on board like first episode and, you know, send them off to draft, drawing up a draft of a rocket. Is that something that happens? You know, and really just, you know, prove it that it's doable. Well, they found water on the moon now, so apparently we have to bring our swim trunks. <laughs> Damn, they should make swimsuits or like like astronaut suits that are swimsuit ones, you know, swimsuit versions. Right. That they can sustain your junk in zero gravity or one sixth <laughs> Earth's gravity, whatever it is. Yeah, you gotta have uh, that inner mesh. Here's the here's the problem with them finding water on the moon, Spencer, is that now do I if I go inhabit the moon, do I have to work on my beach body? I think I think it's like uh it's like a moon body, you know? It's a whole different kind of body right. that you'll be working yeah. on. Because I'm kind of getting that COVID beer belly because I'm mostly subsisting on beer right now during the COVID uh, crisis. And I don't gain weight anywhere else except in my face and in my, my, my punch. I got a little beer belly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure that zero gravity is going to help that. I'll just be kind of jiggly and floaty, like some sort of weird, like, uh, aspic. Well, I think it could be good, you know, like in those cartoons where you, you suck in your gut and then it goes up to your chest and then you have like this big, you know, bulky chest in space that might happen naturally. I guess there's only one way to find out. We got to go to the moon. We got to go to the moon. Uh, we have to ride in one of like Richard Branson's douchebag mobiles or <laughs> didn't they all die? Like did, or not, no one's died yet, apparently. Or did a couple people die? I don't know, but I know a guy who knows uh, one of the people involved in SpaceX. So that that you know, there's a there's a association there that we might be able to leverage. I saw some of the SpaceX uh, prototype uh, astronaut suits, mm -hmm. and they're I think needlessly sexy. They they they're, they're, they kind of they kind of cross over into what I guess I would consider my own latex fetish because <laughs> they, 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 like, you kind of look like like Halle Berry from Catwoman, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then how are you going to get your job done in space if you're just constantly turned on and bursting through your latex SpaceX? Yeah, they really asked the question, like, do can spacesuits look like that? Is this does this function? Because, you know, every other spacesuit has looked so different that it's like this can't work, can it? Yeah. And they have the word sex in their name. SpaceX. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of a. The I'm, pack I'm, is I'm, I'm, I, I'm already turned on. <clears throat> What were they saying like a long time ago? Like uh, someone on Twitter had a great joke. They were talking about sending astronauts to Mars and that 
the idea would be that they should only send women astronauts because that way people wouldn't be tempted to have sex. Mm -hmm. And every lesbian I know fucking died laughing. It's like, yeah, there's no way the women wouldn't get it on automatically. <laughs> yeah. But I think the deal was they wouldn't be creating space babies and, you know, morning sickness and all that jazz. Well, I think they'd get shit done. You know, they wouldn't be ruined by their desire to have sex. It's not like they wouldn't have it, but it wouldn't destroy the foundations of space society necessarily. Do you think you and I, Spencer, let's say you and I were uh, contracted to be the first two people to go to Mars and it was a mm -hmm. two year mission. How long do you think before you and I are just straight up banging? I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, it'll be, you last? I could last, you know, I've lasted, I've lasted longer than I even feel comfortable talking about, you know, without too much of a problem. So I think I'm good, but you know, like I, you realize that you have incredibly sexy armpits. So, you know, I'd, I'd be sure. tempted to go to town, you know, pretty soon. And they say that in space, no one can hear you cream. <laughs> we'll be right back after this ad. Uh, Spencer, uh, off of that terrible joke, uh, I, I is it too early? Good. Like, was we are we, again. We are just starting this, and you and I have talked about the idea of us playing D and D together, where you are the dungeon master, and I'm basically the only character to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe we have guests later on, or you play NPCs or whatnot. Yeah, but. Um, I, I just asked people like 10, 15 minutes ago, uh, give me suggestions for my character, my, a race class situation. Um, do, do we want to go through this right now or what do you think? I think it's too early, but I think this is a special moment in podcasting where I think it might be okay to get into it too early. Does that make sense? I mean, I, look, I, we can just tease it. We can just let people know that you and I are going to talk about other things for a while. But eventually, I'm going to pull through um, all, all of the suggestions. There's lots of words I've heard. I, I, I'm not familiar with what a, what a tiefling is. What's a, what the fuck is a tiefling? It's kind of like a, a demon kind of hybrid person. They often have uh, dark complected skin, like red skin or pink skin. And then they also often have uh, like ram horn kind of, you know, horns of various sizes. Are they kind of humanoid or what are they? Yeah, they're 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 people. They're kind of like d devil people. You know, like the devil. He kind of points you, or he he holds a a trident or a pitchfork, I guess. Um, okay. it's that kind of uh, vibe. Yeah, you want to you want to toss out a couple just as a as a teaser. Let, let me go through. What we got uh, my my friend uh, Dilip Rao. Do you know him? He's an actor. No. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, uh, he suggested drow druid. What's a drow? A drow is a dark elf. They uh, they typically live underground and have kind of like like black or sometimes navy blue skin, and then um, like white, like milky white eyes. You know, like like glowing white eyes. One of the most favorite or famous D and D characters in history, Driz Doerden or whatever, is a drow. And Drow are also the center of a controversy that's been tearing through the D&D world about uh, racism in Dungeons and Dragons, where Drow are typically depicted as evil and um, malicious and cruel. But, you know, having a whole race of, of sentient creatures that all behaves one way is problematic and echoes racist tropes in society. And so... Um, there's a lot of reckoning with that right now. So, uh, Delipa, my buddy, says a drow druid, period, wyvern rider? What's a wyvern? A wyvern's like a dragon. Um, it's like a, it's kind of like a dragon, but like, whereas a dragon has more like limbs, they often don't have arms, just kind of like back legs and a tail. They're kind of more serpentine, but still, you know, they got wings and they're draconic. So if I'm, if I'm a wyvern rider, that means I'm riding this dude around town? Like, that's, like I'm a... Cowboy riding a weird dragon. Yeah, it, you'd have to probably you know learn how to become a wyvern rider. I don't know if you'd you'd start out with the capacity to yeah. ride because they're a powerful monster. You know, it would be like it's, well, it would be like Charles the Blue Dragon. It's overpowered. Yeah, well, Charles, I rode because I made a, a, a saddle out of yurch, yurch, virch, 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 virch. Yeah, virch, virch skeletons, and also I had, had to. Uh huh. 
No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, I had to nerf him. He couldn't be around all the time. I had to come up with excuses for him to leave and stuff because you can't just have like a full ass dragon like fucking around. You know, he'd just blast everything. Right. I didn't know that. I would have kept him around more. No. Derek Mears, our friend uh, from uh, from kickboxer fame and from, uh, you know him as the uh, the man behind the hockey mask as uh, Jason Voorhees in the most recent Friday the 13th films. He just said two words. I'm assuming he just meant a name. It says tabaxi swashbuckler. Tabaxi a thing? A tabaxi is a cat person. Uh, like a, a cat, cat person? Yeah, and a That's swashbuckler what? is, a, you know, like a a duelist kind of swordsman with flair. Okay. That that's going right up into my, uh, the top of the list right now. Sure. I, I might have to look into tabaxi. Wash buckler. I can already see the fan art of like a sexy Jeff cat. I am a sexy. Yeah. It's almost not even yeah. fan art. It's just photos. You, you, you and I go to the moon. We're, we're, I, I think we don't even make it to the countdown. I think we, I think you and I are fucking already giving unsolicited HJs like on the launch pad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, uh, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm actually trying to focus here. <laughs> You'd be like, come yeah. on. Yes. Yes. T minus three, two, whoa. <laughs> uh, queer beholder, uh, someone on Twitter named queer beholder. Okay. Great. Uh, says Azamar warlock. Are you familiar with the words Azamar? Yeah, so a tiefling is like a devil man, right? And Azamar is more like an angel man, kind of. You know, it's like a, they have angel divine man. celestial kind of blood. They uh, like an angel or a celestial is usually formed some sort of sexual union with a human, and their descendants become Azamar. Okay, Azamar what was the other word? Warlock is up there. Warlock. Warlock. And then warlocks so are. Can you be an Azamar? Is, is Azamar and warlock? Can you be a, an angel person and a warlock person at the same time? Yeah, but it's a bit of an interesting conflict because, you know, warlocks typically, uh, you know, form contracts with demons or other powerful, unknowable forces like Cthulhu-like beings or whatever, and that gives them the power to shoot lasers. I'm a little intimidated. I'm a little intimidated in combined with my laziness to be a magic user. Sure. Because you got to know a lot of stuff if you're using spells and all that. Yeah, warlocks are easier than other magic users, but I would still say, yeah, we might want to not go with magic. Someone says, Owl Ghoul, former town hall aide who turned to dark arts. I think that's a name, probably. Yeah, Owl Ghoul is a name. Uh, Let's see what else. There's been a few people who've suggested that I play a bard because they want me to, uh, to sing songs and whatnot. Bards are great, but they are magic users. So just be aware of that. But they are they, they are magic users? Yeah, they, they, they do spells. They're kind of like a rogue if a rogue was pretty good at spell casting. Okay, one, one Twitter follower, Adrian V, says, From a fellow bard to a bard, let me tell you, play a bard. Bards <laughs> are the best. A tiefling bard. That's the devilish artiste we need. Is a tiefling bard a viable thing for us? <laughs> Sure, tieflings are you know some sometimes mistrusted for having fiendish heritage, but you know a bard would be able to use that to his advantage or play against type. What if you were a bard? What kind of what kind of performance would you engage in? You know, bards kind of bank just on do performance. Bad improv. I would, I would <laughs> I think, just uh, sing with Wayne Brady. I think an improv bard could be fucking awesome. I've heard of co- uh, comedian bards or bards that like um, break dance. And so it's like you do a break dance and it's so inspiring that it heals someone or something, you know, but, but that could be, I think right. improv would be really funny. Can I go back to what a tabaxi is? Catman. Yeah. That's not, that, that's, that's, that's a cat. That's a feline cat. A person. cat person. Yeah. Like a humanoid kind of cat. And what, what sort of, uh, what sort of abilities and feats does that, uh, like give me? <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me look this up. I'm looking it up. Um, I, I really like the idea of swashbuckler because swashbuckler sounds like it might be close to like a rogue. Maybe it is. Like, yeah, I think it might be even a type of rogue. Um, I kind of want to be a swashbuckler because I love pirate movies. Spencer, do you know this about me? I, I will watch no. any pirate movie. I love I old school Hollywood pirate films. Good stuff. I like a cling clang and I like a daring do and I like a, a buckle to be swashed. So what is a cling clang? 
Cling clang is the sound of two uh, two cutlasses clinging and clinging into each other of as b- borders are being repelled and the mizzen mast <laughs> is being uh, half railed and, and, and the poop deck is being uh, swabbed. Fiddle beaked. Fiddle beaked. What does fiddle beaking? What does fiddle beaking do? I think the fiddle beak is the very front of the boat, and the taff rail is the very back of the boat. I like taff rail. That's a cool word. It but looks like. Love- a- uh, it looks like uh, tabaxis have feline agility and cat's claws. So there you go. Oh, fuck yeah. So Derek Mayer is, I mean, is, is, this sounds like insider uh, trading, but like it, like a, a lot of people who I don't know on Twitter have given me very good suggestions, but I'm using I'm using my friend and ex-roommate, Derek Mears. Do you know, I, I used to live in an apartment or two with, uh, with Mr. Mears. Was that the haunted apartment? No, I moved into the uh, the haunted tribe apartment right after I moved out of the second apartment I lived with Derek Mears. Derek Mears, for those of you who do not know who he is, and, and you must know who he is because he's awesome. Uh, he's, he's an eight foot tall, hairless tall. man. He has no hair. <laughs> yeah. Although I think he's I think he's regained some of his hair. He has he has or had alopecia totalis, which means he's uh, he's as smooth as whale shit on ice. He's he's glossy, and. <laughs> That's one of the reasons, aside from his natural charm and agility and kung fu-like skills, he he can play a monster in all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or Predator movies or uh, Friday the 13th because uh, makeup people must love him because they can apply all the uh, latex appliances, like the, uh, the, the makeup stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah. without having to shave him because he's, he's, he's smooth. <laughs> and we used to live in a shit apartment in Koreatown back when it was really dangerous and police were being killed on our doorstep and it was gunfights every night outside. And uh, Derek and I would play Tomb Raider on his PlayStation. Was that the platform that Tomb Raider was on? I think yep. so. Yeah. And uh, he would uh, walk around the apartment in his tidy whities And again... He's six foot five-ish, maybe six, six foot six. Mm-hmm. Very pale, no hair to, to speak of. Walking around his tidy whities and he would do a pretty prancer dance. He would look like a pretty prancing pony <laughs> and ask me if I thought that he was a pretty prancing pony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived together for quite a while. He's a great roommate. I still, I, Derek, if, if you want them, I, I stole your basketball shorts. I still have them. Uh, this is quite a long time ago. But I, I, I'm, I'm just going to make an executive decision here, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Tabaxi swashbuckler. Yeah, I mean, you are an executive, so this all tracks. <laughs> Fantastic. You're definitely dressed like an executive. We made it easy. Uh, maybe I can go on uh, Twitter right now and say, uh, maybe request names from my tabaxi. Yeah, that's a good idea. Swashbuckler. Yeah, and also if anybody that's listening wants to come up with concept art so I know what I look like, uh, oh, that yeah. would be ideal. Do, do we want to roll stats today, or do you, want, do you want to leave this for another day? I think it would be too cool to actually do it on the show. But, uh, I mean, the fact that we already picked your race and class is a huge... It's, a hu- it's basically... We're basically done, I want to say. Um, we can just finish... The, the podcast could just stop right now. Yeah. Been, what, like 17 minutes? <laughs> hey, Kevin Day, our, our, our producer extraordinaire who's made Harmontown possible and... Uh, and, and this show possible. I, I see you over there, Kevin. How you doing, brother? Doing great. Doing great. I, I'm really excited. I, I cannot wait to see your cat swashbuckler. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm trying to picture. Is it, I'm picturing. Isn't there like a cartoon where there is a cat who is a swashbuckler? Like he's oh. got like a like a. Like yeah, a Antonio Banderas did Puss in Boots. That's what I'm picturing. For Shrek, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's got like the hat, like the, uh, the 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 buccaneer hat pinned up on one side. Yep. That's exactly what I was picturing as you described it. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to just mimic that, but I no. Think, I I think with my knowledge of of uh, ship stuff, <laughs> if that's what they call it, I think they do. Uh, yeah. And adding feline agility, I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. You could major in ship stuff. Is there a story behind where you learned so much about ships? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a story. I uh, First, I read Moby Dick. And some people have read Moby Dick. Some people have not. Uh, some people have tried and given up. 
I really liked Moby Dick because I really liked the detail. I liked the minutia of on uh, on deck, on ship life, and just about ropes or lines as they call them, <laughs> and, and just like like what, what the carpenter does aboard a ship and how you how you catch a whale, how do you cut into the blubber. I really liked all the nerdy detail of it all. And then I read almost all. I think I've got three that I haven't read. I think it's about 21 of them, if I'm not mistaken, of Patrick O'Brien's Master and Commander series of books. Uh, they, they made a terrible movie with uh, Russell Crowe. Um, right. just, just, you read the book. The bummer is now you go back and read the books. Now I got a picture Russell Russell Crowe. No. <laughs> Um, I almost said Russell Brand. Russell Brand would would have been a better. He looks like a pilot, master yeah. and commander. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Who would I cast as the actual captain? Captain Aubrey. Um, Aubrey I would Plaza. go with Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna gender switch it. Aubrey Plaza is the kind of taciturn, uh, emotionally withholding captain of a ship of the line. <laughs> I think we can make this. I think we, I, we, we certainly have a pitch on our hands right now. Yeah. Um, but I love those books. But again, you have to read those with a glossary of ship knowledge because I don't know what a Marlin Spike is or what a Mizzen Mass or what a, what a fucking... Like, now I've forgotten. There's all these little details of what every part of the ship is. And I became really addicted to knowing everything about a ship. Yeah. Because uh, when they get into a battle, you got to know that somebody has to clap onto a clue line, Spencer. <laughs> I just, it seems very smug, all this terminology. Like, just call it the, oh, that rope over there. You know, it's like, I think you're already on the ship. You'll know what people are talking about, right? You don't need all this diction. True. But because there's so many different lines and different right. riggings, there's standing rigging, there's flying rigging. You got to know which is what. Uh, the uh, also I also love the I I love movies like mafia movies or like bank heist movies where it, like you learn the craft of a like of a trade mm -hmm. and there's terminology for stuff and also I love the superstitions and uh, sailors maybe are the most superstitious people after baseball players and actors and uh, after like you, I feel you like win, they're more right well. I grew up on a doing a play uh, on a baseball field that was a, aboard a ship, so I, it's hard for me to differentiate. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, if you whistle on board a ship, you might get thrown overboard. Wow! Because whistling means like you're whistling up a wind, and if you whistle too loudly, you're basically asking Mother Nature to throw a storm at you and sink your ship. But mm. if you're in the doldrums somewhere and you need some wind because you got a dirty bottom, which means not what you think it means, Spencer. Okay. Uh, it means you got some fucking seaweed up on your fucking keel, uh, <laughs> and you got a faster ship on your tail. It's gonna fucking sink you. You might hear somebody go, a gently whistle, meaning give us some fucking wind so we can escape. Mm -hmm. Whistle too loud, you're a Jonah. They throw you overboard. A dirty bottom, huh? What? Would wind help it if your keel was stuck like that? Well, if you need to escape somebody you and you're in the doldrums and a, and a, and a cleaner ship is behind you, they're going to sneak up on you and shoot. They're going to they're going to bow chase you and cast one across your athwart ships. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Did I just make this podcast? I, and, I, I just ruined our podcast by talking too much about boats. I think this should be a nautical podcast. All aboard the seven seas. That's happening, if you please. Do you know about these sea sh shanties, Jeff? The sea shanties that are tearing up TikTok? I've only known that or witnessed it because of Stephen Colbert's uh, a Late Show. He, he, he's been uh -huh. all about the TikTok sea shanty. Was that an actual thing or did he invent that and that took off? I don't think he invented it, but there's just everyone's like, oh, the sea shanties are taking over TikTok. But it's like this one viral TikTok uh, took off with with a sea shanty. And here's the thing that pisses me off, Jeff, is that it's not a sea shanty. You understand? It's a ballad. It's a ballad set to the theming of a sea shanty, but it's not a sea shanty. You know what a sea shanty is? It's a work song. 
It's a song that you use to keep time when a crew of people all has to work rhythmically together, you know, without losing pace. You can't do that with this fucking the sea shanty that's going across TikTok. It's a ballad. No self-respecting crew of, you know, sailors men is ever going to be singing the the Wellermen while they're fucking heaving ho to the mizzenmast or whatever. The, and, you know, if you if you tried to start one up, you'd be laughed out of the ship. You'd be laughed off a damn plank, you know, like it's ridiculous. Not a sea shanty. Not even tearing up TikTok. Just one. So you're saying a sea shanty can't also be a ballad, the ballad of a seaman that went down with his ship or something like that? You can't also do a sea shanty and also work as a sea ballad? It could, but it would have to be formulated for the purposes of being a sea shanty. It like Because that those have special functional requirements that they'd have to hit that it doesn't hit, you know? So... If it's not going to keep time in right, that so, way, so, so if 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 you got a bunch of sailors that are that are, you know, manning the capstan and they're trying to hoist the uh, the uh, the the mizzen mast, let's just say it. I I, I was going to say anchor, but there was a better word for it. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read There's these a, books. So you you want a song that's kind of keeping the beat. Mm-hmm. So you're heaving and you're hoeing and you're uh, you're you know you're you're, you're yo-hoing and bottle of rumming and you're getting shit done. And also everyone's kind of, I think everyone's singing it at the same time. Whereas in, in, in the Wellerman, it has kind of like a lead voice and then a chorus that everyone sings. So it's almost more like a drinking song or something, you know, but it's not, it's not a sea shanty and I will die on this hill of waves. Is that something? Is that a naval term? Uh, A hill of waves that what you've done is you become Herman Melville and you've, uh, you've described the sea as, as mountainous and that's, uh, now you become literary. Look ahead, look. Ahead. I, I know one. Okay, here I know one. See what I think is a sea shanty, but you tell me: is this a ballad, Spencer, or is this a sea shanty? Now I've become I try- literary. I was trying to trying to get on my ukulele. Look ahead, look astern. No, I, I don't know the chords. Look ahead, look astern. Look a weather and a lee. Blow high, blow low, and so sailed we. I've seen a ship to starboard and a lofty ship a lee. As we sail along the coast of high Barbary. I, that sounds like a sea shanty, um, but I can't I can't say for sure uh, without, you, seem, you know, you analyzing came, the roots. You, you came in pretty strong with your delineation between what, what constitutes shanty versus ballad. It just gets me so steamed when someone's like, oh, it's time for a shanty, and they bust out a fucking ballad formulated to resemble a shanty. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Is it too late for me to be a swashbuckling bard? Or, like, does tabaxi preclude me being also a bard? Or, you could be a bard. Anyone can swashbuckle, but swashbuckler, specifically in the rules, is a type of is a type of rogue. But I mean, you know, being a bard wouldn't be preclude you from swashbuckling, you know, as long as you're buckling those swashes or swashing those buckles. Is it possible to add like a, what do they call it? Like a cantrips? Cantrips. I have like cantrips where where I can have like a bardish kind of thing where I can, if I do break into song as a tabaxi swashbuckler, that my song might have some bardish powers. That, um, is, that, is that crossing too many lines? It's crossing a lot of lines, but that might be something we can think about. I, I, I'm not prepared to rule it out yeah. just yet, but we'd have to find out some way to balance it or make that something that is attainable over time rather than something. Well, like how, how about this? Instead of me being a bard, I, I think I do want to stick with Tabaxi Swashbuckler because that just makes me happy. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I, I like that I'm a, I'm a Puss in Boots Swashbuckling kitty cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But maybe I'll just really go for high charisma so that if I do sing a song, maybe my charisma can carry the day in a a pickle. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, your charisma might reach supernatural status, not unlike a bard. But, um, yeah, I think a swashbuckler is basically just a rogue. But you know how rogues have a sneak attack where they pop out of nowhere and go, ha ha, and, you know, hamstring you or whatever. Um, Swashbucklers. They they now call that... uh, they they don't even call that uh, snake attack anymore. They call it bone weevilin. <laughs> we're changing the we're freaking changing the vernacular. You know we're 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 shifting scapes. It's a whole scape shift. Bone situation. weevil kicks bone weevil kicked so much dick around the fucking multiverse that to call anybody a rogue is to just to be a lesser bone weevil. 
Mm-hmm. And if you if you if you sneak attack somebody, you got Bone Weevil. Yeah, you've been made to leak, as Bone Weevil might say. Uh, and uh, boots of Mad Hops, one of the greatest things you ever gave me. Oh yeah, I'm a real I'm a real genius, and if I don't perform to expectations. <laughs> That's the problem of the audience, and they're just not understanding it right. And actually, I'm doing it as good as I've ever done, and I'm not out of practice. So just keep that in mind. Well, Sp- Spencer, mind. We- we've been on the air for how long now? Um, I- I'm going to crack open a- what's left of my Fernet Branca, and I'm going to splice the main brace. Another nautical term. Look it up. I'm splicing the main brace right so now. That, that seems like um, like weaving, weaving like a rope into a more important rope. That's exactly what it is. The main brace would be the most important standing uh, line on the thing that holds the main mast up. And it's the mm-hmm. biggest, thickest rope. And if a cannonball should hit your main brace, you're in danger of the main mast falling over and sinking the ship. Or you'd certainly be dead in the water. To splice the main brace is the most difficult task of your bosun's and bosun's mates and the, the, your, your best uh, rope splicers. Mm-hmm. And it's a very difficult task. And if they can do that, the captain would say, splice the main brace, which means the entire company of the ship gets to have a second serving of grog. So if oh. you're at a party and you go, gentlemen or ladies, let's splice the main brace. That means you've bought everybody around. So it's so difficult that they don't even use it regularly. Like to refer to the it's, actual it's, act. It's a difficult. Yeah, it's more about like any, any difficult task that got done on the ship. That was cause for the captain to go. Fuck it. We, we, we just evaded danger because some of the people on ship did some miraculous hard work. Mm-hmm. It's time to splice the main brace. So, Lachaim. Uh, so Jeff is drinking, and Fernet Branca <laughs> is a sponsor of That Happens Pod. Fernet Branca, were we involved in Vichy France? Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> I think we should maybe re-air the commercial that we did the first time we tried this. Yeah, I think that would we be do good. A, we, 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 we asked the question, I love Fernet Branca, even though it tastes like uh, coffin juice. Uh, <laughs> where was, where was Fernet Branca during fascist Italy? And uh, it's been rumored that Hitler drank Fernet Branca. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming Mussolini must have sent him some. And uh, yeah, we don't we don't know really where the where the brothers Branca were during the wars. There's uh there's there's this popular uh, shaving company that's like oh we're made with with German uh, made razors from a German razor factory that's been operational since like 1910. And it's like okay, so they were <laughs> supplying razors to Nazis. Good, excellent, excellent brag. <laughs> and also, they were probably doing something different. <laughs> yeah, a different the same use way of their Bavarian steel. Motor Works. Yeah, B- Bavarian Motor Works BMW makes cars now. They used to make uh, engines for the Luftwaffe. Uh, yeah. And when, yeah, when the Treaty of Versailles or whatever it was, so that you can't do, you can't rearm Germany. They started making cars, but the BMW logo is basically a spinning propeller, which is basically like, oh, we'll be making planes again in two weeks. We'll see you in 1939. You just, you know, declared the Blitzkrieg and we'll be there. That's cool. I never thought about the fact that it was a propeller. That that kind of, I don't know, That's that makes it the design a little cooler looking to me. It's like a whirling blade. Yeah, that's, I, I really have like a fascination with um, uh, aviation and like military aviation. It's a bummer that all that technology and, because how many years was it between the Wright brothers and warfare flight like 20 years not even that uh 15 years uh mm-hmm. we had people up there with machine guns shooting people down over uh france and germany and and it was only 30 40 years before there was a jet engine like that that's how quickly we went from two dudes flying a kite with a thing on the front and it, it went 50 feet to um to jet powered aircraft and then only a little bit later we're on the moon it's a bummer that the military has to propel such awesome technology and we can't do it for fun shit. Yeah, well, obviously you can tell, you know, just once you have flight, it's like, oh, of course, this is going to give me supreme advantage over, 
you know, anyone else in warfare. But wasn't the problem or among the problems, wasn't it just that people were like, you can't fucking fly. That's not a thing that can be done. And so like the second they're, you know, the Wright brothers or whatever, it made everyone look like assholes and be like, actually, you can. They're like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, no, we uh, we got to get on board with this real quick. And so maybe there's a bit of like compensation, you know, happening. Certainly. Yeah, I, I just, I, I really, do you ever go to like an old air museum, like and see like old, you know, military or vintage aircraft? It's like, it's, it's, it's so cool. And then you realize that it, the, inst- the instant humans make anything fun, it's turned into a weapon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at social media. Now it, you know, is a Nazi printer, basically. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but didn't we know the day that Twitter started, didn't we really kind of in our, in our muscular DNA, uh, in our some part of our deep recesses of our brains, know that Twitter would be weaponized and end up destroying everybody. Not min- instantly. To me, it was like that tweet by I want to say it was like Sheldon Adelson or whatever, the who's like a politician who tweeted like, uh, "Love to go down to the Dairy Queen and get that you know what." And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> we're doomed." I don't even know what you're talking about. And you know what that you know what was. Do you- Great Queen? Uh, yeah, like a blizzard, probably. Sure I don't know. It's not, it's not clear. But, yeah. I mean, my, why does my mind instantly go to something dirty? No, go I think that's... That Queen and get that <laughs> I'm sure that's what everyone thought, is that he's like getting a, a hand job yes. in the bathroom or something. It sounds like somebody's milkshake is, somebody's milkshake is bringing all the boys to the yard. Exactly. And he, that's what his, he was signaling over Twitter. It's like a covert, you know, wink. But, you know, we we joke, but of course, the podcast is brought to you today by Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen, try our burgers. We serve them. For some, like, for some reason, we still think that you might want to eat burgers that we prepare. I'm just oh, reading yeah. the when, when I'm thinking Dairy Queen, I'm, think, I'm thinking beef products. Yeah. Give me, give me chicken tenders and fries. Why else would I be going to a Dairy Queen? It's right there in the name. Also, as always, Spencer, uh, uh, our, sh- our show, That Happens, is brought to you by Old Man Crittenden's Jasmine-infused root beer. <laughs> I'm Old Man Crittenden, and my voice is different than it was last time because I've been drinking a new formula, now with rosemary. It gives just the hint and bite of spices and herbs that you remember from your mama's chicken recipes in the comfort of this beverage that I've formulated for you. Try some today, and remember, in every bottle, there's three teeth. Old Man Crittenden's Jasmine-infused root beer. Uh, This isn't your... Your mama's uh, jasmine infused beer. No, it's old man Crittenden's. Use the promo code that happens. Just for no reason. Just use it. It, it, You know, they'll give us more money. That's why we're doing this. This whole thing's a cash grab. This whole thing is absolutely. We we don't even care if we have an audience. This is simply about Spencer and I making that sweet old man Crittenden's jasmine infused root beer uh, swag money. Uh, oh yeah. We're also sponsored by Fernet Bronger. We're sponsored by Mountain Dew Major Melon. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm I'm personally powered by. Oh. You know like you go to the website and it says like powered by whatever. I'm honestly powered by Major Melon at this point. I had one at the beginning of this podcast. It's delicious. Tastes like a, a damn Jolly Rancher. That um, sounds like a nightmare. I, I I had made you a promise that I I flaked out on. I knew I was forgetting something today. I was going to go get myself a Mountain Dew Major Melon. And try some with a, oh because I wanted to combine it with our other sponsor Tito's Vodka. I was <laughs> we were we were going to I, I was going to make a uh, a melon a Tito melon. Yeah, a vodka melon. Um, vodka we gotta get. I'll get you some. I think it's actually hard to find in stores, so I'll have to bring you some. Um, this <laughs> I hope is, it's hard this, to find. This is a fun uh, factoid that I love bringing out. But did you know Mountain Dew was originally made as a Jack Daniel's mixer? That's why it was created. Well, Mountain Dew is is a nickname for moonshine. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, whiskey uh, like a Jack Daniels from Tennessee would be also known as like Mount. Like if you were making your own whiskey, right? Hills that would be Mountain Dew. Uh, 
But has, you, has anybody ever tried Mountain Dew mixed with? Mountain oh, Dew? I have. It works with a in a way that you wouldn't expect because Mountain Dew it's like has a has a sharp kind of rough flavor. You know, it's got all the citrus kind of bite to it, and Jack Daniels has just a bunch of smoke and kind of like really bitter flavors. But somehow it's like uh you know like what did Rocky say is like you know uh, Monica she got gaps and I got gaps, but together. We got no gaps or whatever. Like that's that's what it is. It like they really lock into place and and kind of smooth out the whole experience. And then you throw up and it's horrible because it's like a heaping, you know, an amount of sugar that's obscene. I think Mountain Dew has like more sugar than like most other sodas. Um, but you just get like a ton of sugar in Jack Daniels and it's but it is kind of I don't know, it's it's wrong and it's right, you know, at the same time. It's very strange. But I used to drink that kind of regularly until I uh until I like threw up and I was like, I'm done i'm done drinking now you said you said also spencer that recently you've been getting into food that you're kind of you're on a culinary tip right now or at least a uh Ep- epicurean kind of vibe yeah i mean to kind of fill out this podcast i thought maybe we can do segments of like aborted podcasts ideas that i've had um so i've always wanted to do a food podcast or even like a uh or even like a hot chicken podcast because Nashville hot chicken is like my favorite way to absolutely destroy my lower intestines. You know, like there's, there's a huge, there's a lot of competition there for things that are just absolutely going to give me IBS, but, um, hot chickens definitely up there. I wanted to do a podcast where I just tried different hot chickens and talk about them and rate them and stuff, but I don't know, you know, it never really materialized, but, uh, but that's, that's kind of my food kick. You ever have hot chicken or vegan hot chicken? Well, no, because I, I became vegetarian before hot chicken was introduced to the Mm -hmm. West coast. I'm sure if I had grown up in Nashville, I would have had hot chicken at some point. Uh, yeah, right I, by I'm my sure house, it, there's. Yeah, right by my house, there's a, a vegetarian burgers and on um, chicken sandwiches place, and they have a pretty good Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Um, so you might want to try that. It's like I can't remember the name of the company. Um, say again. Yeah, I, I was I was asking you what the name of that place was because I, I would like to try a, a, a vegetarian hot chicken. That place is called Blazin' Burgers. I was just trying to think of the chicken. Like, the chicken is this special kind of, like, fake chicken formulation. You know how there's, like, impossible meat and stuff? This kind of uh, fake chicken has its own name. It tastes a lot like um, like satay or whatever, or maybe, like, a textured, like, uh, tofu. But it, I don't know. It's really good. It tastes, to me, it tastes like, um, not like chicken so much as, like, like, uh, like stuffing, you know, like Thanksgiving stuffing, kind of like a savory bread pudding kind of situation, but it's like so good. I'm down for that. Yeah, so that's uh, by my house. I'll bring you one of those in a major melon. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring the Tito's. You bring the, uh, the Dr. Pepper major melon. Uh, <laughs> and then um, you, can carry, you can carry me to the diabetes ward at Children's Hospital down the street. Oh, yeah. I'll haul you over in my new car with the cheese stain, my cheese stained car. Sharp eared listeners might remember that from Harmontown, the podcast. And speaking of Harmontown, we're doing a Harmontown reunion show. I don't know when this is airing or coming out, but if it, if you're listening to it, you be warned that, you know, we're doing a Harmontown reunion show on the 21st of February, right? Um, get your tickets now because they're selling fast and, I don't know how the internet works, but can the tickets sell out? Is that is that a thing that can happen? Can, let's can pretend they sell out, or is it, or is it come one, come all? Let's pretend it can. Right now, let's we're not certain there's going to be a limit at some point. We just don't know what that limit is yet. So hopefully we don't hit it. But if you're worried, buy your tickets now. <laughs> come break yeah. the internet with us. Yeah, go to, Har- go, go to harmontown.com to get all your info for it. It's going to be me, Spencer, Dan, Rob Schraub, and our lovely guests, uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, who uh, I, I know that most of you Harmontown fans would know this already, but Emily is the reason that Harmontown ever happened because she um, she saw a very sad Dan Harmon walking down the streets of Hollywood after being fired off of his own TV show and said, uh, hey, uh, you, uh, do you want to do a podcast in a back room of a comic book store? And uh, Harmontown was born. And then only like a, several weeks later, we met a bearded uh, genius, a culinary expert, uh, uh, swashbuckler in his own right, Spencer Crittenden, and uh, the rest has been podcast history. And then Kevin Day came along fairly early too, right? Yeah, about a hundred episodes in. And then how, was, how did you? 
I, I should I should I should know this. What made you become so involved, Kevin? Like, like how, he was how did you a go shadowy being he, a listener to. He was a shadowy Batman-like figure who swooped in to save Dan, who's being cyber-accosted on the streets. Is that is that an accurate characterization? I mean, yeah, I, I talked about this in Harmontown once. I mean, I, I knew Dan before this point, but yeah, at one point, somebody had hacked into Dan's iTod account and was trying to sell it, like all of his contact information and not just him, but like a whole bunch of other people as well. Like, you know, half of Hollywood got hacked at one point. That was around the same time, like those pictures of like Jennifer Lawrence leaked and things like that. And um, Celebgate. Yeah. Uh, so I got to talk to Dan some more about that too. And while we were actually like in the middle of talking about how, how do I secure my phone? He was like, you know, I've always wanted to do a video version of Harmontown. How, how do we make that happen? And then that's <laughs> where we started. Is this strange internet person? Is this strange internet person who swooped in to kind of uh, tell me that shady dealings are happening on his travels throughout the internet the perfect person to go into business with? I think so. And it turned out it was. It, it worked pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I came in. That's where we turned it from just a podcast to making it a video production and, and things like that. And that worked out really good timing because the film was happening at the same time. So. Yep, that's how I how I started. Damn the film, man! You could watch us in a fucking movie. And, and also, like, I, I I won't even allude too specifically to what it is because people will try to connect some weird dots. Spencer, uh, Kevin, one day called me up and alerted me that I needed to be on guard because of my own potential uh, vulnerability. <laughs> Because of a loose connection to somebody in the news that you did not want to be connected to. And uh, it turns out nothing ha ever happened because I, I didn't know this person at all. But uh, but Kevin just strangely has connections in the, in the dark. Do you call it the underweb? I call it the, the undernet. The undernet, yes. Uh, so like Kevin's just kind of there to protect us all from a potential hazard. <laughs> yeah. Kevin actually contacted me and I've never even told this story, but Kevin actually contacted me and said that I could actually refinance my home at a new rate. And that's And he said it could save me thousands of dollars in the long run, you know? So yeah, I'm sorry, Spencer. You know? I, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he also told me oh, that hey, my oh, social we, we, security we, number we had been compromised <laughs> and to call this number. Guest here. We have a uh, special guest. To, oh, look, it's Tom Selleck. You know, this isn't my first time at the rodeo. You know, re re reverse mortgages thing. I'm not trying to steal your home. Uh, I've been to the rodeo at least twice. I, I would say this would be just spitballing my third rodeo. Whoa. Reverse mortgage. I'm Tom Selleck. So, uh, Tom Selleck, if you're not trying to steal my house, then can you explain that large house-sized fish ne uh, butterfly net that you're holding? What is he ran, away. ran away? What the fuck? What the fuck? You I'm ask him one question, he cr he crumbles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, I think the more light you shine on Tom Selleck's weird involvement with reverse mortgages, the fucking less he wants to be involved. I honestly just thought that was for an unrelated purpose. Tom Selleck, I, I, I have a bad habit of getting up and flipping through the various cable news channels to see who's reporting what and how. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will watch CNN and then MSNBC and then Fox News at the top of the hour to see who is all inflamed about one thing and who's completely ignoring the other thing. One thing's for sure, for sure. Uh, Mesothelioma is coming to get you, everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, you can make a lot of money uh, by being a mesothelioma lawyer. I was thinking so, about uh, getting mesothelioma just, you know. Well, to kind of be I know involved. a place that to give you get a free book. You get a free book. <laughs> What's the book? It's about mesothelioma. I think it gives you mesothelioma. <laughs> the um, book is just no, Moby Dick. Do, do you know? Do you know what they call it if you get cancer at the rearmost mast of a of a sailing vessel? Um, Taft rail mm -hmm. cancer. Mesothelioma. <laughs> <laughs> you. You may be entitled to. 
I don't know what. Should we should we should we change that happens to just nautical fun bits? I think it's nautical. Gonna be, it's going to be a lot of nautical not nautical tidbits. I think We're that could splice. be a good oh, theme. Okay. Um, we got to get some. Like, look a stern, some. look a weather and a lee. Uh, oh, once was a sail that know, set to sea. Ship by the name of the Wellerman was he. I don't know how the song goes. This is not a sea shanty. There once was an Indian maid who said who said, who said she wasn't afraid to lie on her back in the old bear shack and let the cowboys tickle her crack. But one day her surprise. It gets dirty after that. <laughs> I think it was already a problem before that. I, I was I, if I, maybe I told this told the story on Harmontown before about when I was performing at uh, Disneyland and I played a cowboy in Frontierland. Mm-hmm. And there was a young lady that played Pocahontas. She was one of the walk-around princesses. And the gal that played Pocahontas was um, almost disturbingly attractive. Like, uh, for me, a little over the top. More fathers got pictures with Pocahontas than their children because <laughs> she was just like kablamo. Uh, she <laughs> was... Really beautiful and like va va voom. And she came into our dressing room one time. And it was me and two other actors, uh, two other guys who did the sketch comedy thing. Have I told Dispenser before? Have you heard this? This sounds before? vaguely familiar, but I think we should retread all these stories yeah. no matter what. Yeah, like, I think it's a new podcast. Uh, so, like, let's, who cares? You know, so, maybe we get different listeners. So, so beautiful, incredibly, uh, like, voluptuous Pocahontas young lady comes into the room and I was too terrified of her to like to actively flirt with her. I think she was kind of maybe putting it out like that. She was kind of flirting with me. Like maybe I should ask her out, but I was just chicken. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and my friend Joe in the show who wore a hat, not during the show, but like in real life that said aunt B on it because he really did look like aunt B from a, uh, from uh, and, and the Andy Griffith show, uh, gay gentleman who looked a lot like uh, Aunt B, and she, Pocahontas, the actress, <laughs> leaves our dressing room, and he sings that song. And Kevin, can we bleep something, or, or do we have the technology to bleep? If I if I want to bleep, yes. Could you self bleep? bleep? Okay, because I'm going to say the word at some point. So Kevin, when I say bleep, the word. Well, you're British, you're so I think it's because okay. Because the word, the word comes into the song. I, look, again, this is, not, this is not a song that I wrote. I only report this to you as a journalist. Can so, we just bleep this whole distractingly song? Distractingly attractive. Just, <laughs> just one long bleep. <laughs> there once was an Indian maid who said she wasn't afraid to lie on her back in the old bear shack and let the cowboys tickle her crack. And one day to her surprise... Her belly began to rise, and out from her beep came a little young runt with his ass between his eyes. And we did not laugh. We did not cheer. We simply looked at my friend Joe and said, okay, that's the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Like, (laughs) he goes, I don't know how I know this song. I was like, yes, but now I'll never be able to forget it. We're certainly cutting this entire segment out of the show. Well, yeah, to me, it's interesting that you flag just the word as the problematic part of the song. Like that to me is probably the most acceptable part of the whole thing. I think the whole thing is wrong. <laughs> I think the whole thing is no good. However, um, this is part of the rich tapestry of American folk music. Yeah. And we that, just, that you know. I wasn't afraid to... to it this wasn't is an education. Tickle podcast. the crack of the problems of the day. Yeah, this is. <laughs> In a lot of ways, I, I'm this podcast. Kevin, I'm, I'm looking at Kevin on the Zoom America. right now, and he and he, he already looks nervous. He's already looking for the exits. I saw him writing notes. He was writing edit notes. See, the thing is, I think this would be great. This would be a great bit, but I just don't know about like as a first episode bit. Like maybe episode ten. I think we could absolutely get away with this. No, I think we certainly cut that entire thing out. Okay. Or, Maybe we could just bleep or, the whole song. 
I think we leave everything that we've already said, including what I'm saying right now, and bleep so much of it that nobody knows anything that we're talking about. I think that's actually and, really funny. And then, but maybe, yeah. And, and then for special VIP subscribers, they get to hear the song on episode 10. That's like a $30 Patreon tier to hear that song. If you, if you want to hear the song <laughs> that we all agree shouldn't have been sung in the first place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that is a VIP tier. Yeah, Kevin, I, we leave it to you to bleep the fuck out of that song. And, and don't bleep fuck because I want people to know that it was worse than that. And I think, you know, that's uh, this is a beautiful sentiment. And it's brought to you by Fernette Branca. Fernet Branca, we commissioned this song. <laughs> I drink Fernet and I want to drink more. Drink Fernet and I'll never be the same again. Jeff is drinking Fernet Branca, brought to you by Italy. Italy, we kick Sicily into the Mediterranean Sea. It did. Sicily kind of looks like, 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 Italy wiped off some poop off their boots. Yeah, like a yeah, like a rumpled kind of scrap. Italy, it's okay to be racist against us. Italy, if you're looking for a target of casual ironic racism but don't want to commit fully, try our country. Italy, the stereotypes, they are accurate. <laughs> Italy. I was in a fucking I, I was in a cab. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I want to hear more. Italy. Because Irish uh, racism is just not doesn't have it doesn't hit the same anymore. Italy, um, if your car breaks down, nobody's coming because they're busy fucking or smoking somewhere. <laughs> I love Italy so much. I, if I could do, if I could transport myself anywhere right now, I would just be in almost any part of Italy. Maybe not Naples. Naples is a little a little rough around the edges. But I love Italy so much. The people are fantastic. The food is the best food in the universe. And the women... Have you been to Italy, Spencer? No, no. Um, put yourself... Uh, picture a world where you're allowed to get on a plane without dying uh, of, of disease and then go to Italy. Okay. Just go to Florence and then just look around and there'll just be a gal going by on a, on a Vaporetto or a... Not a Vaporetto, the uh, Lambretta Vespa with a scarf... And you just you just fall in love with everybody there. It's sexy there. Yeah, it seems like a really cool place. But, you know, I, I also hate Naples. So I guess that's like the, this podcast hates Naples. And Naples-style pizza, I think, is probably bad. Oh, um, no! <laughs> Napolitano pizza is the, is, that's the only way pizza should be made is Napolitano style. No, too wet. I want, I want a big, thick Chicago pizza. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, Chicago's love that deep dish pizza, and they don't love any other kind of pizza, and they don't resent being associated with it. Kevin, are you a deep dish fellow? I, I just like pizza of all kind, but yeah, from Chicago, if you if you don't order the deep dish, eat it from another city. Do you want to talk about Chicago style tavern style pizza, Kevin? Do you know about this? Thin, thin crust Chicago tavern style pizza. That's the real pizza of Chicago. Yes, yes, I do. I I enjoy Have that you had too. It? Yes, yes. There, there are a few What's places. It like? by there. It's good. It's it's the the crust is different than like a New York style thin, and you know everybody around here has their own specialties. That's actually what I had for dinner tonight. So yeah, he's is, so is Chicago, it, and he had it already. Is it the graham crackery crust style that you get like at a like a I'm trying to think of the, what's the really famous like not not Uno or Due or uh, you get it, it's thin crust but it's still got the crackery crust. Yes, yeah, and and everybody uh, has a double dough version of it here as well, where they basically just take two crusts on top of each other, but before they're baked, and somehow it's still a thin crust, but it's it's chewy and crackery and flaky and and all that. Yeah, man, that sounds like it kicks ass. I'm having homemade pizza tonight at Robbie Fox's house. He's making. Whoa! Or, or actually, Donna Fox is making. Robbie and I are gonna eat. Is she making N N Neapolitan style pizza? I don't know what her uh, what, what her attack uh, is on on the pizza. But again, like Kevin said, I I like pizza. You just give me pizza, I'll I'll eat crappy pizza. I will eat, I will eat store bought pizza. Oh, 
Kevin the people who are watching this, not listening to this, this is what I'm talking about here. This is holy shit. Yeah. That's so it's kind of a, a double. I don't know, how would you describe that? I would say it's bready, doughy, maybe. It looks like three pizza crusts kind of ran into some toppings. Oh, there's a bunch of sausage and peppers and whatnot. But they're three Holy extremely smoke. thin, so like it all adds up to kind of like a normal thickness of pizza, or maybe a bit thinner, thicker than normal. Yeah. He also you start cut with like into squares, right? Isn't that a corner piece of like a square cut pizza? Yeah, it's got, it's got to be square cut to be Chicago style. Did you make this at the crib, or did you order this from somewhere? Ordered it. Fantastic. Where from? Maybe we ask. Let's, let's, let's. We have a new sponsor. Uh, Papa Savarino's, which actually is a Papa. tiny chain of like ten stores around me. Papa Savarino's. Hey, Mama Savarino, it's me, your husband, Papa Savarino. Bienvenuto, e buongiorno, e buonasera. I want, I, just a, gotta, I want oh. a divorce. What I'm trying to say is I want a divorce. Oh, no. I don't want a divorce. Okay, well, my lawyer is going to call you tomorrow. <laughs> you signed it a prenup. I know. It's the biggest mistake I ever made in my <laughs> life. You know, the only mistake I didn't make was putting too much dough in my pizza. People love the too much dough. Try our pizza today. Papa Zafarino, if you can still feel your right arm after eating one slice, it's free. <laughs> uh, so I just got to put this out there that I, on the Zoom, I muted the mic so I could fart, but I'm pretty sure that the mic still picked it up on the record. I think so I heard that. That could be a fun, that could be a fun uh Easter task egg. for Kevin to, you know, like a fun surprise for Kevin in the edit. It's, it's a fun Easter egg. Uh, that's a fifty dollar Patreon tier to hear. Fifty dollar at the fifty dollar level, you can hear Spencer fart on mic. And of course, the fifty dollar tier also includes the famous uh, Indian song. Um, <laughs> but we're uh, so what? What we should figure out a way to wrap up wrap up episodes, huh? Like. You know, in on Harmontown, Dan would always break into a rap or something. We need something, something like that. Yeah, but I always found that was that was just so um, perfunctory and compulsory that like, it kind of it, it never seemed honest. Not not never, just sometimes it seemed kind of forced. Sure, I feel like I, I would say that sometimes it felt like you forced it. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, no, because, I get it. Because the show, the show would have been going for two hours and five minutes, <laughs> and I would, I, 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 basically, if I could just make the sound of a of a clicker, or a blinker on a car, like make it sound like I'm looking for an off ramp. Yeah. Because let's can we all leave? Well, I do want to bust into my 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 famous and will certainly be long running uh, news segment. Is that cool? Can we do that? Yes. All right. So, do we need a song for that? Maybe we can. If you have a song for the news news corner, uh, drop us drop us a line at thathappenspod.gmail or at gmail.com. That could be fun. Um, or don't you know? Who cares? I don't care. This is, let's let's give up. Let's stop recording. <laughs> no, but okay. Uh, do you have a do you have a song we could use for or what a, what would a song maybe like a like a ticker tape kind of. News time, news time, it's Spencer's time for news. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> That's right, it's news time. And uh, so in today's developments, the Nazis are at it again. So be careful out there. And that was me with the news. That was Spencer's time for news. <laughs> and and now it's uh, we're going to go to our eye in the sky, Spencer, with uh, traffic. Well, it looks like uh, everything's nice and clear on the 5 South. looks like we got a bit of traffic on the 101 because it is, you know, the 101. That's just how it is. You know, uh, folks at home might understand. Uh, uh, It looks like on the 134 is actually pretty clear. So that might be a fun route for you. And and look out on the 70. On the 70, it looks like there's a large 50-foot man sunbathing on the 3 and 4 lanes. So that could be a bit of fun or a bit of 
of trouble depending on your perspective but yeah try and stay safe out there remember don't text while driving <laughs> back to you jeff spencer it's time for traffic and then we're going to go to spencer crittenden uh, for hollywood beat Ooh, it's hollywood spencer <laughs> I'm coming in on the on the 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 Walk of Fame, baby, and we're seeing what the stars are doing. All the all the jeers and and jones on on Hollywood's famous square. It looks like I see Perez Hilton, who had who had uh, two bags under his arms, and each bag was carrying a small child. Uh, just absolutely hemorrhaging blood from their head. So looks like some method acting, uh, getting into his, his famous role on the upcoming Child Toucher on uh, Hollywood Moments. Back beep, to beep, you. Beep, 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 Spencer on Hollywood Beat. And <laughs> uh, final news items, we got Spencer Crittenden, our resident chess guru. Uh, uh, I, I understand the last move that we made in our chess game, uh, and I know our fans have been following along, we were nearing the end of the middle game, going towards the end game, and it was Black's move. Do you have a move for us, Spencer? I think we gotta go with um, Knight to or uh, Queen's Knight to K four uh, as as part of our kind of ongoing movement to set up the Queen's Gambit, which is a real chess move, and it's really important. And uh, it, it you know first popularized by uh, that that uh, Elizabeth Harmon. Um, in in the Queen's Gambit, but it turns out to actually be a stunning, a stunning uh, two pronged attack that has absolutely devastated uh, opponents from Bobby Fischer to uh, that one Russian dude. So you know, uh, stay tuned, stay tuned to see if we can pull that off. Uh, it's taken the chess world by storm, uh, almost as much as weird little kids with like Indiana Jones costumes. Back to you, and Jeff. You can see the new podcast about Spencer's new uh, new chess podcast called Elizabeth Harmontown. Oh, so oh, yeah. Shit. I don't know. Hey, watch this, Spencer. I'm going to blow your mind right now. I'm going to blow your mind because I don't know if I'm a comptroller anymore. I don't know what my title is. I know that I might be a swashbuckling kitty cat at, at some point, but uh, I, I'm going to do something that uh, I think might impress you. Okay. That's the end of the show. So that's all you got to do. All you got to do is say that's shit. the end of the show. And then we roll some credits. And uh, Spencer, uh, you uh, you take out some of those paper towels in the background. And Kevin eats his, uh, his pizza roll of bread. <laughs> <laughs> that, thing, that looks like that, a tampon. I'm you could... You could take that pizza and actually like use that as a shillelagh and beat somebody down with it. <laughs> The yeah. piece of weight is probably 20 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, this is uh, from your uh, your lovely uh, Spencer Crittenden's and your Kevin Day's and Jeff Davis's. Uh, we appreciate you being here. I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that whatever happened, it was that. that. Is that something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, check us out. Do, do us uh, that happens pod on all the socials. You know, do po standard podcast stuff. Rate and review, whatever the fuck. Shut up. Go away. We're done. We're done with your ass. And, and check out Harmontown uh, reunion show February twenty first. Go to harmontown.com. And uh, if you want to see me on a show, we're doing Who's Live anyway. Go to Who's Live to find out what we're doing. And uh, other than that, um, we'll see you on the flip flop. <laughs>